My jungle will lure you in, with paths that are deceptively apparent and secrets that will never be uncovered. Silver starlight may show you the way, shape-shifting shadows will lead you astray. So open your eyes, I shall show you a world etched deep in my mind and free from your kind. Only the greatest explorers of the unknown, those who are willing to lose themselves can unravel the enigma. For the essence of the jungle lies not in being found, but in getting lost. Welcome to Thorn's Jungle. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Thorn's Jungle. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, um, about all the topics we're going to be talking about, uh, one of the topics was cryptozoology. Now, for those that don't know what cryptozoology is, it's classified as a pseudoscience, so it's not technically a um, sort of acknowledged science, but crypto meaning hidden or secret and zoology meaning animals. So it's the study of hidden or secret animals, animals that haven't been discovered yet, or, you know, you only hear rumor of and that's about it. So animals like the Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, etc., Yeti. Um, I've always approached cryptozoology with a healthy skepticism, you know, because there are some animals out there that are mentioned and you just think, yeah, that ain't happening. But then there are others that, you know, there could be something too. There could be something to this animal. It does sound like it could potentially exist. Um, and I mean, in my opinion, most animals are of cryptozoological nature until they're discovered, you know? So for a ex for, for good example would be the okapi. It's a relative of the giraffe, and it's a weird-looking animal, eh? It's got, like, zebra patterns on its legs, but it's got sort of the build of a small giraffe. Now, this was only known from rumour and myth for a long time until it was formally discovered by Western science in 1901. So that animal is kind of like the face, uh, the mascot of cryptozoology, because it was a cryptozoological animal until it was formally described by Western science. Um, same as gorillas. Look at gorillas. You know, white people go to Africa and they hear the locals and the native people talking about this, you know, 500 pound, you know, 220 kilo ape man, half ape, half man that lives in the jungle. Now, most people are going to go, yeah, right, as if, you know, this is just a legend, this can't be true, until they see them with their own eyes and go, holy shit, that is a big, what looks like a human, but extremely hairy, you know, and that is a gorilla. Sorry, my dogs are barking because they're um, brain damaged. Bastards. I knew they would. I knew they would start barking. As soon as I started this episode, I knew they would start barking. Alright, I think they've stopped. Bloody idiots. And there was some moron with a bloody power sword just before. And I knew it, you know, that's what happens. 
yep, I'm going to do a podcast. And next minute, this bloody, you know, I can't quite come up with a good analogy, but you know what I mean. Just dickheads. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, so animals like the Akapi, the gorilla, are all legends and myths until they're formally described by science. Now, is this next animal one of those? And this is an animal that has always intrigued me. I've known about this animal for a long time, or, you know, said to be animal. It is none other than Mokele Mbembe. Fun name to say. Say it. Mokele Mbembe. It is one of the more fantastical animals, but nonetheless does deserve a looking into. It is a said-to-be sauropod animal, which is a long-necked dinosaur, so similar to Apatosaurus, um, and Brachiosaurus, and things like that, long-necked dinosaurs. And it's said to live in the Congo in Africa, sort of around the swamplands around the Congo region. Um, it's said to be huge, um, you know, about 40 feet long, between 25 and 40 feet long. So huge for an animal nowadays, but actually quite small considering other sauropods that have existed. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, big Titanosaurs and Argentinosaurus, which are, you know, 100 feet long. Um, so it is a medium to small size sauropod if we are looking at uh, comparisons to other sauropod dinosaurs that have existed, you know, 65 million years ago. But the interesting thing about this is, it is very hard to imagine that there are large dinosaurs that have survived, you know, and whether or not it is a dinosaur or an actual physical animal, that's what we're going to look into today. Now, as I said, I am approaching this with a healthy skepticism, um, but also an open-mindedness, because there are lots of witnesses to this animal's to these animals and lots of, uh, you know, Western scientists have seen these animals, have seen prints. Um, it was first bought, um, it was brought to, uh, you know, everybody's attention, you know, in the news and media back in 1909 was the first sort of mention of a sauropod-like animal living in Africa. Now, this was by... Carl Hagenbecks, um, in his autobiography, Beasts and Men, uh, he described accounts, two different accounts from completely different sources, of a half-elephant, half-dragon. Now, this wasn't, and this is interesting, this wasn't described in the Congo. This was described in Rhodesia by completely other tribes. Now, he came to the conclusion that it must have been a Brontosaurus-like animal. Now, of course, Brontosaurus, we now know, never existed. It was actually a Patosaurus. They actually found both bones and thought that from different animals, but it turns out it's the same animal, so it was an Apatosaurus. So, Brontosaurus is kind of an obsolete name for that sauropod, but nonetheless, back then, they didn't know. So, that's when it was sort of first brought to the public's attention that, hey... There might be a bloody long neck dinosaur still living in Africa. And this was described um, around this, a lake called, now I'm going to stuff up the 
pronunciation of this because I'm no good at that. Lake Bangwelu. Bangwelu. Lake Bangwelu. That's another fun name. African names are fun to say. Lake Bang Bangwelu. Now he noticed a lack of hippos in that lake. And the locals told him that there is a creature that kills hippos living in the lake. That's why there is a lack of hippos. Now, if you ever see a hippo, or ever read about a hippo, these are animals not to be fucked with. <laughs> I know firsthand, don't mess with hippos. They are insane. They kill 500 people a year in Africa. You know, more than... I mean, let, let's uh, compare that to a shark. Sharks kill between 6 and 12 a year. Hippos don't even eat meat. And they're killing 500 people a year. I've been attacked by hippos on a boat and I can say now it's probably the scariest uh, moment of my life. Like, probably the most in my life that I thought I was going to die, I knew I was going to die. Like, I still have, you know, flashbacks from it. It was really scary. I'll go into that in another episode of my sort of animal attack and all my adventures, but for now we're talking about Michele and Bembe. Now, the interesting thing, it's, it's mainly described around a lake called Lake Tele. If you look at Lake Tele on um, Google Earth, it's a really weird lake. It's almost perfectly circular. And it's not a very deep lake. It's only like maybe five feet deep. Well, you know, actually, a bit, you know, a bit more in some places, but averages, it, it's, you know, about five foot. It's not that deep. And this animal is said to be sort of semi-aquatic, live in that lake and surrounding tributaries and um, rivers. So if you look at the Congo Basin, it is basically a swamp the size of Greece. It is huge, like a swamp the size of a country. It is huge. So it isn't, oh, those dogs, I swear to God, they'll be extinct soon. It's not hard to believe that there are undiscovered animals in the Congo. There 100% is. And that could range from tiny little insects to sauropod dinosaurs, you know? <laughs> so, and, and to think as well, 80% of that has been unexplored. It's unexplored. It hasn't been um, surveyed for animals. Um, with all the sort of civil unrest in the area, scientists haven't really had a chance to get in there and... Uh, you know, survey it for new species. So there are 100% is new species there. Whether or not it is a dinosaur or not, that remains to be seen. Now, there have been a lot of sort of expeditions. The guy with the buzzsaws just started up again. If he continues, I'm going to go over and give him, give him one upside the head. Um, so there has been a lot of expeditions looking for Michele and Bembe. Since that 1909 mention, you know, it sparked people's interest. This is when dinosaurs were first sort of becoming popular. It was a little after the fossil wars where people were first discovering new species of dinosaur fossilized. And when people were first sort of starting to come to terms that there were monsters living on this earth well before humans. And there still might be. So these expeditions 
Now, just to clear things up, a lot of them were from uh, New Earth creationists. Now, for a creationist, you catch wind of a still existing dinosaur. That's like, you know, the last piece of the puzzle almost to, to creationism. They wanted to find this dinosaur and go, hey, your timelines are all wrong. The Earth is only... 4,000 years old or whatever they they think it is. I'm not too sure. I haven't really researched much uh, of creationism, but they really wanted to find this dinosaur. So there were scientists and there were also creationists looking for this animal. Um, if they could prove that dinosaurs lived alongside man, then they could prove a lot of things with creationism. But there were actual scientists interested in finding this animal as well. And a lot of uh, scientists, they love to show pictures of animals in the area to the natives. Um, and the natives will point and go, yes, yes, that's here, that's here, that isn't here. And this has happened on several occasions on several different expeditions. They will show the natives photos of elephants, photos of giraffes, photos of rhino, photos of, of hippo, and go point out Mokele Mbembe. Which one is Mokele Mbembe? Now they get to an illustration of a sauropod, a long-necked dinosaur, and the locals will point at it and go, Mokele Mbembe, Mokele Mbembe, that's it. So this is really interesting because these are people that live in this jungle and they know the animals very well. So that's a very interesting... Um, you know, conclusion that they come to that it's the long-necked dinosaur rather than the obvious. Because Mokele Mbembe is described as having thick skin, much like an elephant or a rhino, um, sort of brown in coloration to grey, um, but built like an elephant, uh, torso-wise, but has a long, powerful tail and a long neck with an almost reptilian head. And that doesn't sound like any animal... That still exists, you know. So it is quite interesting. Our Mokele and Bembe, there are, you know, a hundred tribes that live in that area, maybe more, and they all have different dialects and different languages, yet they all have a name for this animal. Long neck, powerful tail. The most common name is Mokele and Bembe, and that's the most commonly used name, but there are dozens of other names for it. And that's interesting as well, that there is a crossover in the name of this animal in different uh, tribes, which means that these tribes have seen this animal or stories of this animal have been passed down. And that is like, it's, that's a pretty big deal, considering a lot of tribes don't get along. So it's not like they're all sitting around a campfire exchanging stories. These have all, uh, you know come together on, on each tribe's, um, you know, what they've seen and what they've heard. So that, that is quite interesting. Now there are, look, I'm not going to tell you the names of the people that were on the expeditions and stuff like that, because frankly, I don't remember. I don't take notes. I don't uh, sit there reading facts from, you know, Wikipedia or nothing. This is what I have learned and researched in the past because it has interest, interested me. Um, 
But I think in 1990, in the 90s, let's just say the 90s, that will um, save me potentially getting my dates mixed up. But in the 90s, there was a Japanese film crew that went out uh, in search of Michele Mbembe. And they filmed something in Lake Tele. It was crossing the water. Now, you can't see much because, you know, cryptozoological animals have a um, habit of when you go to film them or take a photo, the camera instantly becomes out of focus and shaky. That's a power they have, apparently. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's, just, that's the law of cryptozoology. When you go and try to take a photo of it, there's a convenient shrub in the way, or it's out of focus, or the lens cap was on, or something like that. It seems to be an a ongoing theme with cryptozoology. <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong, like, when you see an animal and you're not expecting to see it, it is quite hard to pull out a camera and take a photo of it, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, this uh, thing they filmed, it almost looked like the wake of a boat crossing the lake. And that's very much what it could have been. But they don't really have power boats on this lake. They do have canoes. It was moving fast. Uh, faster than you would imagine a canoe going. Uh, some people said it might have been an elephant crossing the river with its trunk uh, out of the water. But to be honest, like I, I've, I've looked at this footage a lot of times and you can't really even see a neck or anything. So I don't know why they would come to that conclusion. It does look like there is a disturbance on the water and it is something big crossing that water, which is interesting. You know, it, it is interesting that they did manage to capture capture something on camera is the first and only time that a potential Mokele Mbembe has been caught on camera. So it is pretty cool, pretty interesting, good on them. Um, there has been footprints found. Uh, Mokele Mbembe said to have three clawed toes um, that are about three foot in diameter. And there has been expeditions where they have been camping near uh, some of the waterways leading to Lake Tele, and they've heard unusual um, groans or sounds uh, from an animal that they can't really um, attribute it to, and then a big crash into the water. And Michele Mbembe is uh, said to be a herbivore, which all sauropods were. And what's interesting is uh, some of the locals actually know what it eats so its diet is said to uh, be entirely vegetable and they eat this um, I guess it's a it's a fruit from a it's called a liana um, which has big white blossoms and like a, a fruit that resembles a small apple and it's said to be their favorite food and there has actually been witnesses that have seen large chunks of vegetation missing from at least you know 15 to 20 feet up these trees, which sort of suggests that something has been eating them from up there. Now, whether or not that is other local wildlife like monkeys, they do like fruit, or the Mokele and Bembe. But being a herbivore doesn't eat meat, it is still highly aggressive, apparently, just like hippos. Hippos don't eat meat, yet they will go out of their way to kill you if you, you know, get close enough or get 
within their territory, they will completely disable you so you're not a threat. And I mean, even large crocodiles will avoid hippos. You know, there are ex- you know, exceptionally large crocodiles uh, like Gustav. If you don't know who Gustav is, the crocodile, have a look into him. He is a gigantic crocodile that lives in the, uh, what is it, um, Burindi National Park, I think it is. Um, and he's said to have killed over like 150, 300 people and eaten them. And he's said to be between six and seven meters. And he's one of the only uh, reported crocodiles that actually kills hippos or young hippos, uh, which is absolutely crazy. Um, but this uh, Makale Mbembe is said to attack boats as well. And the name Makale Mbembe actually means uh, he who stops the flow of the river or the water. He who blocks the flow of the river. So he, we're talking about a, an immense animal here. If you block the flow of a river, you're, you're a big boy. So what do I think the Makale Mbembe is? Do I think it's a dinosaur? I mean, Africa as a continent has, is, is one of the only continents that has changed and moved very little from dinosaur times, from prehistoric times. So they reckon that the climate, the temperature has, hasn't fluctuated as much as other continents. Obviously the continents weren't the same continents as we have today, there were supercontinents and they were shifting and they were changing. Uh, but that area in which we call Africa now uh, has remained the, the least changed out of all the continents. Um, but do I think there is a dinosaur living in the Congo? I don't think it's a dinosaur. I think there's something to it, but I don't think it's a dinosaur. Now to quote Dr. Alan Grant, Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What's left of them is fossilized in the rock. And it's in that rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and Injun did at Jurassic Park is create nothing but genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more, nothing less. Now the end of that quote doesn't really apply, but I believe dinosaurs existed 65 million years ago. And what's left of them is fossilized. There are direct lineages from theropod dinosaurs and things like that, and they are birds, our avians. Um, there are animals that still exist now that existed before the dinosaurs, like sharks. They've been around for, you know, 400 million years, virtually unchanged. But is a Michele Mbembe a surviving dinosaur? It, it's very unlikely. I believe it is of mammalian nature. If it is going to be an animal, it's going to be of mammalian nature. Um, and there are animals that lived in megafauna times that had long necks. Paracerithium. It was huge, huge. It would dwarf an uh, African bush elephant, which is the largest subspecies of elephant. It is the largest mammal that walks the earth today. And it, this, this thing dwarfed it, <laughs> you know? Um, there were a lot of strange animals floating around in, back in... Uh, you know, the, the Pleistocene and, you know, ages like that. So is it, this could be an undescribed mammalian with a long neck 
and more powerful tale. And that's saying I'm not saying that is that is it. I'm saying if it was going to be that or a dinosaur, I'm going to go with that. Um, because dinosaurs, even if they evolved and stayed where they were, they still wouldn't be called dinosaurs. Because dinosaurs are a group of animals that no longer exist. If one of them exists, one species exists, you'd need many individuals, and you'd also see uh, recent relatives and ancestors along the way. What did they evolve from? They didn't just stay the same, you know, like the sharks and that. They would have had to, there would have to be recent fossils and recent bones that aren't fossilized um, that are discovered. Otherwise, it's just, what, they don't die? But I, I do think there is something to Mokele and Bembe. And there is the uh, um, sort of possibility that it isn't a physical animal. It's a spirit animal. And this is something that is well documented in indigenous tribes. Um, it could be a spirit or what they believe is a spirit of the jungle. Now, it is very hard um, for people when they interview and um, ask questions to indigenous tribes. It's very hard to distinguish whether or not they're talking about a physical animal or a spiritual being. Because to them, it's all the same thing. It exists. If it exists in, in their mind or in their folklore and legend, it exists to them. Uh, Westerners, they, we're, we're a lot more absolute with it. Either it exists or it doesn't. If it's spiritual and it's, you know, you know spiritual energy, it doesn't exist. In Western science, that's, that's sort of our look on it. But to them, it does. So when they're describing this creature to people... Um, it may not be a physical animal, it is a spirit or, you know, some sort of ghost that lives in the forest. So that is a hard distinguishing factor with Makele and Bembe, and it is a big, big factor in, in the legend of Makele and Bembe. Now, a lot of people have um, sort of discounted the existence of Makele and Bembe in being a stunt by creationists to sort of push their ideals onto people. Um, it's also said to be a spirit. It's also said to be um, sort of uh, like hyped up in people uh, when this dinosaur craze first started because the legends of Macaulay and Bembe uh, did become popular around the same time that uh, the dinosaur craze was sort of happening. So, you know, in the early 20th century... So looking at all that, it's kind of like you can see why this animal can't exist, but I don't know. I, I don't think a thousand natives could be wrong, you know? <laughs> and they all do describe it. Most of them do describe it as a physical being. So I think if it does exist, it is an undescribed large mammal. It is something that I, I, I honestly would love to go to the Congo and... Uh, look into it because it's one of those things where you can't really take anecdotal evidence into account. I mean, no matter how reliable the witness is, uh, it's of no scientific value. So you're going to need DNA, you're going to need scat, and an actual scientific uh, expedition went out looking for Michele and Membe, 
and they did find a new species. It was a new species of algae in Lake Tele. <laughs> so, you know, at least they contributed to the, uh, you know, body of science in that expedition. They did find something new. It wasn't a sauropod. Um, but look, I'll tell you something as well. Mokele Mbembe isn't the only dinosaur that is said, or prehistoric animal that is said to uh, inhabit Lake Tele and the Congo area. There is also a pterosaur-like animal that is said to live around there. People have claimed they've been swooped and attacked. I, th I think somebody's even uh, been ad admitted to hospital from a, a bill going through them, um, allegedly. Uh, there's that, and there's also a triceratops-like animal that is said to exist in there as well. So when that starts happening, it kind of gets a bit overboard, you know? <laughs> uh, but who knows? Again, 80% of that jungle hasn't been explored, so there is still lots of animals living in there. Uh, yet to be discovered and there will be big animals that haven't been described in there. Absolutely um, There are still large animals being discovered now only a few years ago. There was a um, New species of snubbed-nosed monkey found in uh, Myanmar formerly known as Burma um, There's new species of um, Like I think cetacean uh, like a beaked whale was only discovered, and it's for this thing's forty feet long, mind you. Only discovered a few years ago, uh, and there's also the a uh, thing called the Lazarus Lazarus taxon. Cool name, uh, and the Lazarus taxon means an animal that has been lost in fossil history uh, for a long time, only to be rediscovered again a long time later, still alive and breathing, like the coelacanth, which is a uh, you know, a five foot long fish, and this thing looks prehistoric, and it was said to be uh, extinct 65 million years ago, until one was dredged up off the coast of Africa in like the 30s, alive and well. And then another one was discovered in a fish mark in um, Southeast Asia, fish market. And now these things are well documented, there's populations that have been documented, and that is a perfect example of the Lazarus taxon. Um, so is the Makale Mbembe a Lazarus taxon? Or is it a undescribed animal that looks like a sauropod dinosaur through the process of convergent evolution? A convergent evolution is where animals have evolved in completely separate uh, branches of evolution but still look and have traits that are very similar. Um, perfect example is... Um, you know, uh, sharks and dolphins. Although dolphins, their caudal fin, which is their tail fin, look different, they still have a general similarity in their anatomy. Uh, birds and bats. Birds and bats aren't related at all, yet they still have anatom anatomically very similar um, uh, body types. You know, it's got wings, it can fly. So that is convergent evolution. And that's what I believe has happened with Makele Mbembe. I believe an animal has evolved uh, to reach high places where other animals can't compete with them for food. 
hence the long neck, and also the powerful tail because it's semi-aquatic. Um, that is my thought on Mokale Mbembe, and I do love cryptozoology. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated in it, uh, whether it be an animal that you downright know can't exist, and you know it's you're a bit like, eh, I, can, I don't see that happening, to animals that you can see might exist, but have a good explanation for their existence. And I think that is a good, uh, good example of Makale Mbembe. Is it a dinosaur? I don't think so. Is it an animal? Maybe. But if it was an animal, it would be a large, undescribed mammal. So, <sighs> thanks for listening to my Makale Mbembe uh, episode. I, I've, I've had this in my mind for a long time and I've wanted to talk about it because it is fascinating and most people don't know it existed. Um, next episode, uh, I probably won't do about cryptozoology. I'll be doing about something else, mysterious and cool. Of course, it's going to be cool and mysterious. Um, but I will revisit more cryptozoological subjects because it is fascinating and I think uh, you guys would like to hear more about it. So... Next week's episode will come out, I'm going to aim for early on in the week, so maybe this time next week, Monday or Tuesday, give you a week to listen to it before you're partying hard on the weekends. Nobody listens to podcasts on the weekends because they're out partying. So thanks for listening and I'll see you on episode two of Thorn's Jungle. Cheers everyone. You.